Engage Sessions. The NSR Media Network presents Sessions, bringing you behind the scenes and into the lives of your favorite music artists. And now, here's your host, Barry Davis. Ah, and we are back again for another episode of Sessions. Welcome to the program as the new America is going to, uh, well, who knows where it's going to go. <laughs> it seems like there's a new America. It seems like people are celebrating in the streets, except for those who are... Half of them are really happy. Half of them are really happy, and the other half are really pissed right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the sad thing, is that there were that many people. But again, we don't want to go poli- politics on you. Mm-hmm. we got a great show for you. Do you believe in magic? I do, I do, and I can't wait for some. Have you ever seen magic? A number of times. I've spoken with her a few times, too. I didn't say see magic. I oh. said seen magic. Say so a little play of words. We'll be joined by see magic. <laughs> have you ever seen see magic? I have seen see magic. Okay. She's got a brand new video, brand new song called Lego, mm-hmm. and it is getting a ton, a ton of play. And I know uh, all of her fans are listening to this show right now, because why wouldn't you be? Absolutely. And hopefully we'll find a bunch of new fans for Sea Magic as you're listening to this program. Uh, if they've heard it already, they know it's a great tune. But if you haven't heard uh, Lego, the new single, it's a fantastic groove right through it. We will hear that song on this week's program. We will also have another trip to a desert island, <laughs> right? And, you know, we keep forgetting to ask our guests to provide us a desert island disc. That's a great idea. We need to yep. make sure C-Magic right. has one for this week that we'll hear next week. Uh, coming up next, though, folks, some brand new music, which debuted Saturday night on what has now become one of the most popular shows again on television. <laughs> we'll explain all that in a moment. There's Tom Maberry, and this is Sessions. Ladies and gentlemen, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters from Saturday Night Live, Tom. Yeah. A song called Shame Shame. A completely different sounding Foo Fighters. Is it just me or is this completely different than we've ever heard from the Foo Fighters before? Well, I don't know if you caught, uh, I think it was the last disc. They did that reality show. And they oh, yeah. went all over America, right? Yeah, I remember that. So I found there, like there, they were stylistically all over the map. Like mm-hmm. every every tune they did was like a different. Yeah. But this is, you're right. Like in terms of groove, it almost like, has a bit of a hip hop feel to it, or an R and B ish sound. Like even the way he's singing. This, by the way, will be on what will be their tenth studio album. My God, it's yep. gonna be called Medicine at Midnight, and uh, their last album was in 2017. So it's been a while since the last album came out. Uh, the album was produced by the Foo Fighters along with Grammy-winning producer Greg Kirsten. Uh, I don't know a lot about him, but he's... Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it's different. And I don't mind this, personally, because I think the worst thing a band can do is be stagnant yep. and do the same thing for years and years and years and years. Well, especially with the Foo Fighters, too, because they've been at it for... They put out so much material. Yeah. And there are, like, there are a few albums that, you know... You can hear those derivative sort of Foo Fighters moments yeah. repeated in tunes. So yeah, like you know, going outside the box, you kind of have to, right? I agree. <laughs> so I know you didn't see Saturday Night Live on nope. Saturday. This show, thanks to all the crap going on with Donald Trump, uh, has become like the the thing to watch now. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of a lot of it's not necessarily the current members of the cast that are getting it done. It's the people that are 
saying, hey, I want to be on Saturday Night Live. It used to be you had your cast, you had your host, and you had your music guest. But last night, we saw Jim Carrey on the show. Mm-hmm. We saw Alec Baldwin on the show. We saw, uh, uh, what's her name, that, that did... Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph was on the show. All these folks that either were on the show before or are now big stars are coming back. They want to do bits. And Alec Baldwin, you'd almost think he was a regular because he's <laughs> done Trump so many times, right? Yep. But if you have a chance to see it, the impersonation that Jim Carrey did of Joe Biden was absolutely classic. Have a listen. We do accept the results of this election. We're not mad at them. (laughs) We have to act graciously in victory, though. We need to go forward together. Unfortunately, there are situations in life, and this is one of them, where there must be a winner and... Hey, Listen, I'm just going to come at and say it right <laughs> off the bat. That is a terrible Joe Biden impression. Oh, well, the last part was. The, the earlier <laughs> part was pretty good. But, and you know what's interesting is, and again, I don't want to get political, but I, I'm just bringing this back into the, the entertainment field. And don't you find it's interesting that very few entertainers or celebrities are coming out publicly and saying that they were supporters of Trump? Mm-hmm. Many are coming out and saying that they are supporters of Biden, which makes you wonder, are celebrities that are supporters of Trump just keeping it under wraps because they think it's probably not a good career move for them to admit that they are a supporter of Trump? Yeah, for sure. Right? (laughs) And, and, And in some ways, by not making any comments at all on social media, will people start to think, well... He must be. Nobody's. I've heard from Tom Cruise. Does that mean Tom Cruise is a Trump supporter because he hasn't come out and condemned him? You know what I mean. Like, and I I just bring up Tom Cruise, but like any celebrity that hasn't come out and publicly condemned Trump, will people start to assume? And because we're living in a world now where everyone just makes assumptions, right? Man, I hope not. Like, is it one of those things where if you either have to be vocal and say I hate Donald Trump, or people will assume you love him? Yeah, that's that's like right out of 1984. Could you imagine? I yeah. hope not. I well, really. But hope here's not. the thing. I mean, half of America voted for him. Pretty close to half of America. How how, yeah. how many people are we talking? Half of of the United States. I think it's over 70 million, okay. right? Oh. Well, there's 300 million in the states, but a lot of them don't vote. Right. So I think I know Biden got over 70 million votes, and I think Trump was right there okay, too. Okay, so, so let's so. let's yeah. just say fi- most votes ever for a loser. Yeah. <laughs> a is a hair. Let's <laughs> just say 50 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. How many of those 50 million Americans want the public to know they voted for Trump? That's the question I'm curious about. There are a lot of closet Trumpeteers. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling them now. The Trumpeteers. <laughs> and I just think that it is not a wise move to express that you... For the record, I do not support, I do not believe in Donald Trump and racism and everything he stands for i'm totally against but if like i'm saying if, if you don't go out publicly and, and state that and you're you? and you're a public figure are people going to start to wonder now you know we talked about this i think on the sports show maybe mm-hmm. we didn't is that if you and i think we did talk about it on yeah, our sports we podcast yeah, that it, it, if you will dislike an athlete or a musician mm-hmm. because they've come out and said they're a trump supporter Understand that probably half of the celebrities that you love, you're going to have to hate now. Yeah, and music is especially, you know, music is one of those things that, and I don't think this is right, but, you know, we deify our musical heroes, and we have for years, mm-hmm. right? And Nice and word, by the way. Thank you. It's my English degree coming back to haunt me. <laughs> but, you know, but we do, and we put them on this pedestal, and they have to be perfect for us, and and that's not the reality. It's not fair to them. It's not the best way, I don't think, to be a fan. Mm-mm. And and to be honest, like if you can write a good tune, I don't care if you're a nice person or not. I don't care if you're right wing or left wing. 
you know? And and I hope to move towards a world where kind of that's how people are thinking rather than the opposite. Like, you know, fill out your political affiliation questionnaire before we'll listen to your tune. Yeah. That's not how you get to the best music. <laughs> no, and, you know, as they say in the world of sports, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we head off to our desert island and then talk with Sea Magic, uh, some sad news from the weekend as uh, Canadian legend Alex Trebek uh, succumbed to cancer at the age of, I believe he was 80, 80 years old, right? Mm. And what a legend Alex Trebek was. Which of these three players gets to come back in three days to play for a quarter million dollars? They're dealing with famous phrases and this clue. In the title of a groundbreaking 1890 expose of poverty in New York City slums, these three words follow how the... Come on, Tom. You should know seconds. this. Good luck. Come on. Come on, Tom. Come on. Do you know it? It was upside down. You, you heard. You heard what he said. I'll read it to you again. In the title of a groundbreaking, breaking 1890 expose of poverty in New York City slums, these three words followed how the... I don't know. Hell are we here? Really? No, I don't know. We're going to find out what the guests have to say. This is our little tribute to Alex Trebek. Groove, you're smiling. I like that. All right. Let's take a look at your response. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is we love you, Alex? That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Costio, 1995. You're left with five bucks. Okay. And that's the type of human being Alex Trebek was. Getting choked up. And... The man, you know, fought. Man, did he fight a battle. Mm-hmm. And he lived longer than many would who w- were going through something like that. So God bless Alex Trebek, uh, a true hero. And I think, you know, and I t- wrote this on Twitter, the world needs more people like Alex Trebek. Yeah. You know, why can't, why can't people like Alex Trebek run in politics? Right? Why do we have to get all the idiots? <laughs> right? No matter what country you were in. They're all idiots. Well, maybe if we made politics a job that, you know, good, kind-hearted, you know, compassionate people wanted to do, Mm. then maybe more would jump into it. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) All right. We will be joined by C-Magic in a moment. We'll hear her brand new song, Lego. First of all, let's head off for a little desert. OTP Sessions presents another Desert Island Disc. Hi, this is Carl Dixon. My Desert Island Disc would, if push came to shove, probably be Free Live by the group Free that everyone knows best for their song All Right Now, which has been a staple rocker for many, many years. But... They had a live album that came out shortly after that that I got into when I was, oh, about 12 years old. And it meant the world to me, that feeling of soulfulness. Paul Rogers, his vocals uh, were just unbelievably moving. Even when he was singing nonsense lyrics, they just, the sound of his voice just made you, made you just elevated. And Paul Kossoff, the guitar player, had such a simple but powerful style. Paul, Simon Kirk on the drums. Uh, was the backbone of Bad Company as well, along with Paul Rogers. And uh, Andy Fraser, who was the co-writer, was a melodic bass player. They had such a, a huge sound for just three instruments and a voice. It, it was unbelievable how great they sounded. And it, I, it was thrilling to me then. It's thrilling to me still to this day. So if I was going to have that thrilling feeling on a desert island, I'd take free live.
from C Magic. That song is called Lego. Be sure to check out the video. The video is fantastic. The song is even better. And how much better can our day get than it is right now? Because joining us on the line is the aforementioned C Magic. What is going on, young lady? Hey, I've been super busy, but good. And also getting, like I mentioned before, getting to talk to my favorite duo and my new favorite podcast. Thank <laughs> you. How have you guys been? <laughs> We've been doing pretty good. Uh, you know, just checking out the new single, actually. It is, every time you, you come out with one of these tunes, the thing that impresses me is just the, they don't sound like they're written by a young musician. <laughs> you know, they're, re they're really cleverly constructed songs. There's lots of dynamics in them, lots of little rhythmic breakdowns that Thank surprise you as you're going through yeah, them. And this We're listening one to it, like the first time we heard it, we listened to it for the pleasure. Then the second mm -hmm. time we listened to it, we're listening to it as musicians and like nice. from, from a songwriting perspective and oh check yes. it well, th that was cool what she just did there well look at the bridge <laughs> she just put in there and, um how are you find like are you finding writing now that the more you write are you able to kind of uh, look back at where you started and see your growth as a songwriter now yes definitely it's definitely getting you know able to articulate my thoughts more every time i just release a new song and just keep writing so definitely practice really does you know help and make perfect make yeah this video has only been out a short time and yeah. the amount of views on youtube alone are just amazing like thank you what's that like I've for you when you see that you know it, it's it's absolutely surreal i'm just so so grateful and like honored for the amount of love i've been receiving especially globally and like internationally so that's been something different like i feel like i'm getting more love internationally than i am in my own backyard which is kind of funny um but yeah i'm happy about the way it's like it's resonating with people and that's certainly inspiring me to keep going and making more music so i'm definitely happy that they're able to relate to it and just connect you know uh, sorry tom this is the one thing about Canadian musicians that I wish we as Canadians showed more love and respect for our own Canadian musicians because as strange as it sounds to you see magic this has been happening for years and years and years and uh, you know really? a lot of really big bands like uh, a band called Saga who were mm -hmm. huge in Germany huge in different parts of the world wow. but never cracked it in their own country the way they did in other parts of the world and it, it's unfortunate that you know it's great that the rest of the world is hearing it, but it would be nice to, to be able to have more people locally discover exactly. who you are, right? Right, exactly, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had, you know, I, I've been following you uh, over the summer, and mm -hmm. it, it, it's really neat. I, I do have a question about, you know, kind of how you're doing in COVID, but um, yeah. the, the one thing I, I, I did want to go into first is, you know, I've, I've seen some great interview pieces that you've done. There was one this week uh, out of London. And yes. before that, <laughs> I read a fantastic piece on you out of Chicago. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see um, 
all of this interest from all over the world. What do you attribute it to? Like where, where my, yeah. How are, how is your music <laughs> getting, how is your music getting out to, to, to London? How is it getting out to, to Chicago? How is it, you know, uh, how are you getting this, these tunes out there? You know, I honestly have to say it's really been a big help to be on social media so much, like so active on social media and just being able to deliver more content to like a worldwide audience. I think just through connections that way, like it's like they find me, they find my music (laughs) online somehow through one way or another, whether that be YouTube or Instagram, and then they give a nice comment or critique or whatever, and they reach out to me and then they're like, hey, could we feature you? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Go for it. So it's more like they're finding me. It makes me feel like, hey, okay, I might be doing something right. So just got to learn and figure out what that is and just kind of keep going. Beautiful. Yeah, you seem to, you know, you definitely seem to be generating interest to everybody that listens to these tunes, you know, no matter so. where they are. Um, you know, so your next steps, um, we've got Lego out. Um, yes. We've got the, you know, the great pieces on you from all over the world. Now you're on this amazing mm-hmm. podcast. What's, what's, yes. what's, ex- what's exciting <laughs> nice plug, in our, Tom, I like that. There we go. What's, yeah. ex- what's <laughs> exciting in C-Magic's future though? What's, what do we got on the burner right now? So we definitely have more music coming out. I have more music um, dropping next month, a new single, and it's going to be more of a modern pop song. So it's going to have, I'd like to say, you know, a lot of Dua Lipa vibes in it. Um, so it's got that, you know, 80s driven, like walking bass line if you're, you know, a sucker for those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it definitely has Dua Lipa, that. I'm like, I like those bass lines. Actually. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the walking bass line. It's like the bass line's having its own party. And I'm like, yes, that has to definitely be in my next song. So um, that's what I'll say for now. So I'm working on the music video. So I'm working on planning all of that stuff, like putting it all together. Um, it'll be different. So pretty much bringing my album to a wrap. So should be released um, by the first quarter of 2021. So I'm excited to drop my album. How has your process changed during COVID? Whereas if this were a regular summer, you probably would be performing a lot. You'd be very busy gigging and getting out there. Yes. Now, because you're not, you probably have more time to work on your songwriting and recording and videos and such. Uh, how much has this year been different for you simply because of what's happening in the world? Well, I think you worded that um, perfectly, Barry, because, you know, this time I've actually been able to work on my songwriting even more and getting my music out there to people, just focusing on all of the music aspects. Um, right now, currently, I am surviving my first two months of university, so I still have to work on that balance, work-life balance, because school and then music, so that's definitely something I'm trying to get better at the time management part of it. So that's coming together, but I'm getting better at it. And yeah, so it's been great because I've been able to, uh, again, use social media more to connect with people from all over the, all over the world, really, and just be able to work on collaborations and things like that that I'm really excited to share with people. And, you know, I, I think that for a young musician like yourself, COVID has mm-hmm. probably not been as harsh on you as it is on maybe these older musicians who don't know how to utilize the internet. It's like, well, if I can't play live, it's over. I may as well just pack it in. And we're seeing a lot of that, right? We're just like, whatever, you know, well, well, I'll be back when COVID's over. But the younger musicians who know about social media and how to utilize it, you're thriving because of it. And I would totally say that it's a recommendation for any new artist, learn Mm -hmm. how to use social media. So like, let me ask you this, because like Tom and I are both older guys who've put out music and, you know, do videos and post them. And what's the key? How do you get people to, to tune in? What, if they've never heard of you or they don't know your music, what, what do they see? Like, how do they know that, Oh, I got to check this out. Right. So, while it, yeah, using social media is great and all that because, you know, there's a lot of opportunity, right, to be able to share your content and stuff like that. But at the same time, what I'm trying to say is that it can be saturated, right? Like there's so many people trying to share their music or they're just their art, you know, in different ways. So I think the most important thing is to, like, understand, first of all, that there's this huge appetite and, like, increased consumption out there with more and more live streaming and just new 
can release digitally. Um, so yeah, no doubt we've entered the digital era like years ago, but with this quarantine thing, it's actually accelerated even more and more fast paced. So it's about hopping on that train and just sticking with it. So the number one thing I'd say is visuals. Everybody loves visuals. So apart from music and like voice, uh, fans and followers always ask for visuals. So one thing lockdown has given me is the time to have that creative freedom. So so much to experiment with my music, writing and art. So it's been such a blast to just find a way to be able to connect with people on different levels. So not just through the music, but attract them, attract their attention, um, interact, engagement, all of that. Yeah, it's an amazing perspective from someone who's who's really just starting to hit such a great role in the social media sphere. One thing we haven't touched on um, is record labels in this particular mix. You haven't mentioned a record label at all. Um, are they in your plans? Are they even relevant for young artists? Today? Oh, they, yeah, because back in our day, it's like, well, yeah. you work on songs. Well, that was the thing. You hoped to get you, ho- you hope you get a record deal, and yes. then you, then you're. But record deals aren't what they used to be because, exactly. in some ways, you don't necessarily need one to to get people to hear your music. Right. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you guys on that because that's that's actually a great topic to be talking about in today's day and age because. There's, it's actually the complete opposite. If you think about in the past, like when I, I just like to research business, music business stuff and like educate myself on what, what the trends are and like what have, what they've been in the past. But as far as record labels are concerned in the past, they actually, you would, the artist would go to the record label and be like, okay, I need you to do my marketing. I need you to create my brand. I need you to do all of this. So there was more of like, I feel a responsibility on the record labels part, but now it's like there's it's the complete opposite because record labels are actually coming to the artists and saying there's like pool of record labels that are like hey we'd like to assign you like not for me personally but like i'm mm-hmm. sure like different artists at that stage that they're at they're like okay now it's about choosing the right le- record label to you know work with so there's definitely like a change in in the way it's been and how to get your music out there and like who to work with and just the the shift in the role so for you personally are you happy then just being able to release the music the way you're releasing music? And if a label comes and says, we want to work with you, great, but it's not like something you're hanging your hopes on? Yeah, so right now, like, I'm just focused on being my own walking, talking business, basically. But <laughs> further down the line, when my, my music starts to grow, you know, I definitely want to get that help because being self-managed, you're doing everything on your own right now, like the marketing all of the music stuff and the advertising, creating the lyrics videos, things like that. Hang on, so you're doing. Like, hang on, you're doing all this alone. Oh yeah. Oh come on. <laughs> That's it's, amazing. It's been hard. It's, thank you. Um, just yeah, it's just trying to be able to balance everything out. So definitely further down the line, I'm hoping to get that help, like meeting the right people. It's about there's a lot of people in the industry that's not the problem. It's just finding the right people who are genuine enough to want to and have the passion for music and it's okay not just about the money then you know it's being able to enjoy working with someone and focusing on the passion which is music and being able to connect it with people so yeah hopefully i'll be able to meet the right people someday yeah that's a, a, a wonderful sentiment on all of that i like what you said about you know it not having to be about the money um it it mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like a simple thing, but it's the one thing that I've noticed since COVID is that there have been so many people out there producing and and delivering you know music products and and it might just be like quick little videos for Instagram or for YouTube that aren't even making them any money, but they're putting stuff out that's a little bit you know more their passion projects, right? And you're seeing it from artists everywhere. Um, everyone from like Marcus Miller and, and Stan, like the bass players that I followed for years, they're out doing stuff now. And it just seems like there is that, you know, people are still trying to make money and, and, but it seems to be that a lot more people are kind of following their passions right now. Yes, for sure. What about you? You said you're going to school. What are you studying? And is this kind of a, a fallback? Is this your, you know, well, in case things don't work out the way I want them to, or is this something that you are studying with a passion? Mm-hmm. So again, worded that perfectly because before going into university, when I was applying for my courses or for my program, I had to think about this and I'm like, well, if I choose to study music, 
all they teach here in terms of music in the music program is classical music and I've grown up studying classically I've been trained classically all my life so I wanted to explore different you know horizons like expand on it and just learn something different and I wanted to try to take up something that would kind of help me with the business side of my music career so I decided to study digital management so that's I'm loving it it's a lot of work um but it's been a lot of um there's been a lot of insight and I'm able to just relate it to real life and my music. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. You know, you probably see an awful lot of music artists out there that are doing a similar thing. Um, Mm -hmm. What's the big mistake you see young, uh, young artists or just any aspiring artists do in their social media frequently that you look at and you go, Oh man, you gotta just, if you could just fix this one thing, your reach might be better or, you know, you might be better at driving your message out to more people. Mm. You can't get her to share that. That's her secret. Come on, Tom. Uh, no. no, I'd be more than happy to share. But it's for me, like, personally, when I see something wrong, like, it's not something you see physically. For me, I think it's um, when all you're thinking about is, okay, I, I'm going to post something today. I need, I need this many likes. I need this many views and comments. When you're just thinking about the numbers, it can tend to take you away from the purpose of why you posted that in the first place, right? You want to share your music or whatever it is you do with Mm -hmm. people. And I think when you're so focused on numbers, like numbers will come when you keep posting and doing what you love, right. And sharing it with others. But I mean, when you get so focused on numbers, I think that just takes away from the whole purpose of it all. So I think that's the number one thing artists should just kind of lay, lay, lay back a bit from. Man, that is the best advice I've ever received from an eighteen-year-old woman. Thank you very much. That, honestly, <laughs> thank you so much. No problem. When no, for but and it's true because when I put out something, whether it be a podcast or uh, some music stuff that that one of our bands did, that's I, 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 the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. I'm always worried he about doesn't numbers. sleep for days, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and it's like I got to stop thinking about the numbers. The numbers will come, you know. Like yeah. just keep doing yeah. it, and they'll come. You know, have you ever thought of somewhere down the line? Um, as you establish yourself as a musician to maybe work with others and either as a producer or in management or anything, because you know so much about the business and so many people are learning their craft, but they know nothing about the business side of it. Right. So I think, you know, we have to owe that all to education in general. Like I wouldn't be doing what I am today without if my parents have hadn't pushed me into uh, studying, like they pushed me, but like they encouraged me to study classical music. And at the time, I was like, why? And they're like, try it out because you love music. So try it out. And I'm like, this is really helping me. Like I'm, I know so much about music today because of, because I'm in classical music so I'm able to write better and just understand music more and then as far as the business side is concerned that's completely personal right like you can easily go and take a course but I mean you have to be interested in learning about it and passionate and that's what I am so I'm always like watching YouTube videos on so many different business music business related topics so that's just something that if you like learning about it go for it but if you don't then don't force yourself obviously and that's why I really emphasize on how important education is you know I think honestly education is sexy so (laughs) go for it um yeah and I think you know sorry like I was saying basically before getting into university I had a lot of people asking me so are you going are you going to pursue music or are you going to do school I'm like why why do I have to choose between the two like I know you then they tell me you know there's this trend like there's no musician out there like barely any artists out there who have completed their school because there's just time but I want to you know break away against those traditional norms and just try to do my own thing I actually I love that sentiment you're not the first musician that we've had a really like you have the exact same mindset that we've heard a number of times now with the the importance of education, the importance of that support system as you're growing up and the access to the information. Hopefully, you know, hopefully this is, it's kind of the opposite. You're right. That you'd expect from a musician, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you you don't expect the musicians to be waving their fingers going, stay in school and study hard, but how exactly see magic. I mean, your music is one thing, but, how important is your brand for you? And the reason I mention this is Tom and I were talking early on in the program about a lot of celebrities that have come out and made, been very vocal about their uh, you know, approval of Joe Biden and, and ripping on Donald Trump or any kind of serious world issues. And you know, if you 
come out and pro- portray yourself as I'm a Biden follower, I'm a Trump follower, I'm this or that, you will get you know a lot of people on that side of the argument to be a supporter of yours, but you also may lose the other side of people. So how how important like is it something that you ever give thought to whether you're writing something and saying, well, am I going to offend half the population or, you know, that's who what I believe and I want to stay it, say it because I, I can see pros and cons in both. Right. Mm-hmm. You can right. you can definitely grab a hold of this one side, but you'd alienate that side. But if it's something you believe in, do you like do you fight with this ever on, on whether it be right. lyrics to a song or just things that you're posting? Or do you just steer clear of it? Entirely? Well, that's it, too. Right. Right. You know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This one's a toughie because it's completely personal, right? Like there's, there's no one answer. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just about who you are as a person and what you basically want to portray to your your followers or fans or whatever. Right. So basically on like real life topics, like society or whatever it is, all I basically want to encourage my my followers to do, especially the younger generation, like being a vocal mentor and things like that has really made me so passionate about guiding the youth because they need that little push. They need that guidance in order to have a voice, like amplify their voice, not only on stage, but in society as well. And I think that's the greatest gift of being a mentor for, for the youth. So as far as social media and like posting about your opinions and stuff like that, I think as long as you're, being able to encourage other people to use their voice for good and help them realize that voice matters no matter what the issue is, then that's what matters most. So I'm always like, hey, use your voice. Like, um, advocate for what what you believe in most. And then that's what matters at the end of the day. So I don't really think about it so much as choosing one side over the other, but just about the fact that, okay, we all have voices and we all have the power to use our voice. And it could be so, it could create such an impact, a great impact for, for the entire world. So just be able to use your voice and just do what you believe in, right? Try not Try, try your best not to be so influenced by other people because you have to understand what you believe in first and then kind of uh, incorporate other opinions. Every time we talk to you, I always like say, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> now, we, we've asked you in the past about what musicians inspire you musically, but are there any uh, celebrities or musicians out there that inspire you for the way they handle themselves in public and the way they portray themselves and, and maybe the mm-hmm. message they give to their fans? I would definitely say Taylor Swift because mm-hmm. I've, I've been to her, um, a concert of hers, her last one reputation. And I've just like, I feel like I've grown up with her, like watching her, her do music videos and release music and things at watching her interviews, watching her perform at different uh, music events, AMAs, Grammys, wherever it is. And I've just basically seen her go through a lot of things and just the way she carries herself with with grace and be she's able to respond to situations in such a graceful way that it's like you handle yourself so maturely and professionally and it's just like you don't suppress others even when they treat you wrong you're able to stand up for yourself but you're also able to she's also able to deal with it in a in a really professional manner and i think that's so inspiring especially her fans are younger fans right so um fans like me are like we're growing up with her so basically that she's inspired me so much so i really am grateful that she's able to portray that kind of a message to her fans i remember you saying i think when we had you on the radio long ago that as a kid you you were bullied and that kind of you know inspired you to get into songwriting yes uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what that was that experience was like for you i mean mm-hmm. i personally as the littlest guy in school I dealt Aww. with some. Yeah, I dealt with some really severe bullying in school, and uh, it right. was real difficult for me. And I didn't have at that time that same outlet that you do as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. But and I, I, I see you, the talent you have, and I just I can't imagine why anyone would would bully someone like you. What was it like for you? I felt no people would pay for that, and because I wasn't really able to kind of fit in, so it's just the idea. Of- being different and people laugh at you for being different but you know music was that outlet for me to be able to just keep writing and then that really inspired me and that's what I wanted to do through my music others feel inspire them like help them you know believe how important self-empowerment is and know your self-worth and self-respect and 
prioritize yourself and know that it's more than okay to be different than everyone else. And it's important to celebrate your uniqueness and just be yourself, be your most authentic self and not care about what anyone else thinks of you. Was that easier said than done though? When you, when you are being bullied, is there a part no. of you that, <laughs> no, then that's good because I know so many people that would say it's just not worth getting beaten up or it's not worth being teased or it's not worth being whatever. I'm just going to kind of crawl into my hole, but your message is stay true to who you are. Yes. And you know, you got, sometimes you got to put up with the lumps of, of being bullied, but don't ever stray, right? Don't ever stray yeah. from who you are. Right. And sorry, I think I missed you. No, it is. It definitely is easier said than done. Um, but there are ways to kind of, you know, understand how important you really are and just be able to move, rise above it and move forward. So, yeah, it definitely takes time, but it's worth the while. So, yeah. You know, we see all the, you know, all the messaging that, that comes across just in, in talking to you right right now. Um, all of the all of the the wall of positivity, the wall of climbing over that adversity and and find in the place you know that you need to be to to be happy but you know do you think that that drive and and do you think that the music that comes along with it would be happening with the same degree of success if you hadn't gone through that bullying good point wow that's that's a bang on question <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know i'm thinking back and i i'm a firm believer in the fact that you know any everything happens for a reason so I, I definitely I've always been into music I've always been passionate about it doing it just performing the way it makes other feel other people feel and just making them feel happy but I think that was definitely the starting point of all of it of writing my own music and finding my own voice and my originality I think that's kind of what boosted it. like it's like the same you know, COVID basically pushed a lot of businesses to go I don't know maybe eco-friendly like go green so it's like they were probably going to do it anyways, but COVID gave them a reason to kind of go towards that. Like it gave them that push. So mm -hmm. bullying definitely gave me that push to being who I am today. And it definitely helped me with my music for sure. Do you find that when it comes to writing songs, you almost need some kind of trauma in your life to write about. I know Sting has always said that he cannot write when things are going great in his life. Yeah. You know, he could only he could only write when things are all going to hell, right? I mean, yeah, is, he's do, you, awesome. do you find it do you find it easier for you to be motivated when things aren't going great for you? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When things aren't going great, I just feel like the the emotions flow easier. Yeah, it's it's a weird feeling because it's like when you're when you're sad or when you're angry or just when you're you're really so emotional in the moment that's when you're create like personally that's when my creativity flows the easiest so that's when you let it all out and I'm sure a lot of artists feel that the same way because that's just like I don't know the, the rush of adrenaline you feel like when you're you're writing and like you're in the moment that's just a surreal feeling and that's something that you know you can't really force so even when I'm in the studio, just like producing and things like that, I wouldn't force a song to go in a certain direction if, you know, I'm not feeling the vibe. I would let it go where, let it, let the song take me where, where it wants me to go or basically something like that. So it's about just letting, letting all of it flow and not judging it. So definitely, yeah. And you know, the, the interesting thing is not only are you able to become more creative when you are struggling, it mm -hmm. also, I would think being creative can be very cathartic. So you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're not only creating great things, but you're helping yourself through a difficult time because of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the perfect like coping mechanism is the outlet. Like, it's perfect, yeah. So, talking about coping mechanisms and outlet, and we were bringing up the studio there. It, this is kind of a bit of a, you know, a random question off walking in a different path. But, you know, where is your heart as a musician? Is it in the studio? Is it in your room writing? Or is it out performing for people? <laughs> another tough one. Oh my gosh because the feeling is Are we so still your different. favorite show though? Always. Oh, okay, always. okay, good. All, good. All right. Yes. We'll, we'll keep the hard questions coming then. Yeah, for sure. No, that's why cuz you guys like give me the most creative and like fun questions cuz sometimes I feel like I'm on like I'm like a broken record player when I keep answering the same questions on other interviews. No what offense, does C magic but, yeah. mean? Where did that name come from? Hmm? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Like practically, like my response is practically memorized at that point. So, we're yeah. not, we're not going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but don't tell the others, okay? No deal, it's done. Um, 
but yeah, back to uh, your question, Tom, mm-hmm. like, where's my heart at? That, that's a great question because it's different. It's a different experience and feeling when you're performing in front of other, in a huge mm-hmm. live audience, or it's a different feeling when you're alone and secluded and isolated in your, in your own basement or room writing music. It's a different feeling when you're in the studio collaborating with someone and just make, making something happen like out of nothing, basically. That's, they're all different feelings. So maybe in the studio, it's like you're giving, it feels like I'm giving birth because I really am giving birth to a new song. Hmm. But when I'm in my room writing, it's like, it's so, vul- I get to be so vulnerable. The li- lyrics are raw and like emotional or whatever. And that's different too. So that's like a sense of like more interpersonal feelings and things like that. So performing in front of a live audience, that's also different because I get to connect with others and I just feel, I get to bounce feed off of their energy, which is great Mm -hmm. and get to see how my music makes them feel. So it's all different. My heart's everywhere, just as long as it's music, as long as music is there, music is that driving, driving force that just keeps me going. So music for sure in all of these areas and aspects. You know, I've heard musicians refer to their songs as their babies before, but I've never heard someone describe writing a song as like giving birth. Really? It's a, it's a great metaphor, though. It really is. So having, <laughs> having said that, when you look back at your babies... Which one yes. was the hardest to push out? Oh, no. no. <laughs> is it hard for you to look back on a song that you wrote maybe four or five years ago and say, man, that sucked. I'm so much better now. Or do you, can you still find the love in it because it is your baby yeah. and you did create it and maybe you're better at it now maybe you have gained a lot of experience and you can express yourself better but because of yes. where you were at that moment say at even 10 11 years old and writing a right. song are you able to respect that and understand <laughs> that you don't you didn't have the skills then that you do now but for where you were you still pumped out a baby there <laughs> I think it's so relatable to real life because at the end of the day, all my babies are my babies. They're my kids. So, <laughs> but I feel like, okay, let's say, let's give a reference to like kids born nowadays. Like I, I teach, I, I'm a vocal mentor. So I work with a lot of young kids all the time. So they know so much more than I did when I was their age. So I'm like, they, they know more about TikTok. They taught me what TikTok was. And I was like, <laughs> damn, I feel old. So they Isn't that a clock? So much. TikTok? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that dumb. But are you on TikTok, by the way? No. Okay. Well, should I be? You guys I, should. I, I, you guys I, should both. I dip my toe. Podcast. Yeah, I dipped my toe into the TikTok oh. a couple months ago, but I couldn't figure it out. Would you and like? They said they were going to ban it, so I kind of <laughs> got frustrated and left it. Hey, uh, if C Magic's telling me to, okay. I'm going to do it. Will you follow me on MySpace? Who, me? Yeah. I don't think you know, she knows um, what MySpace is. I would is. love to. Yeah. I would love to, but you just you just got to help me out with what, what that is. Oh, that, uh, <laughs> just just send me a BBM and we'll talk about it. So back before we had electricity <laughs> and yeah, Facebook, yep, we sure had MySpace. Got it. There yeah, you got yeah. it. <laughs> That's back when, when our, our computers typed in pencil. That's how old it is. Yeah, and you know what? Um, so I'll get back to answering my question soon, but basically when I meet you guys both next, I will help you make a TikTok account and I will teach you yes. the most trending dance. Okay. <gasps> I love cool. it. I love it. Yes. So for sure. I've seen you, I've seen you play guitar. Do you play any other instruments? Yeah, I do piano as well. So when Ooh. I'm writing my songs, it's either I compose it on the guitar or piano or just acapella in the shower. Damn it. Could it, differ. it. It's too bad. You're so, I mean, I'm happy you're busy and successful, but uh, we're, we're putting together yet another act in the future, Tom and I, mm-hmm. and, uh, our guitarist Emilio and we have a drummer. We're we're putting together an '80s band, and we're oh looking and we're desperately looking for a female who can sing and play keys. And, Are you kidding me? Well, no. when you when you asked me um what what's happening next for C Magic Five, I was gonna say I'm definitely looking forward towards a, a weekend petty collaboration that oh, never yeah. got to happen before. Exactly. Um, well, you this, know, is this We Ain't Petty? No, or this a is one? this is well. There's one member of We Ain't Petty. And myself okay. and Tom and the three of us yeah. are, are also in a Cars tribute band. But we decided that we wanted to also do an 80s tribute and just play fun 80s music. And, you know, I can handle the male vocals, but there's so many great 80s songs with female yeah, vocals. <gasps> I would love to. That'd be awesome. Yeah, well, but we hope that you don't have time to do this. Yep. <laughs> we, well, hope, we hope that things are going so <laughs> no, well. I'll make the time. I make the time. 
Well, you know yeah, what? Sure hey, we might yeah. hold you to that. Oh, you know, and, and we'll pay back the favor. We'll go on tour with you, and we can be part of your backup yeah. band. Okay, when you're famous. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And <laughs> you mind, yeah, you mind hanging out with a couple? You don't mind hanging out with a couple old dudes like us? Oh my gosh, you guys are the coolest. Oh. Of course I would. Can you tell my? 20, I, I don't mind at all. Can you tell my twenty-year-old son I'm the coolest? Yeah, okay, yeah, he please. needs to realize that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, uh, as always, Sea Magic, it is an absolute pleasure to chat with you. I know, in, in, in my heart of hearts, I, I know that you have everything that it, it's going to take to to be very successful at what you do. And um, by the way, I, I did mean to ask you, I mean, you, you uh, have Portuguese descent, right? Your family's from Portugal. Is your Yes, yeah, so my grandparents are, yes. Is your music being heard in Portugal yet? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, my, oh, so that's cool. I I looked at like my demographics and my insights on social media, and I saw that Lego was faring really well in um, Portugal, in I think um, Lisbon. So yeah. nice. I was like, yes, go for it. I love that. That's amazing. I was hoping to travel to Portugal this summer, but um, with the pandemic, yeah. that had to be put to a hold. But hopefully, I'll be able to go there soon, sometime in the future. I was curious to know if there was one part of the world that you would love to see your music go huge, other than here in Canada. Mm. Where would it be? And I think the answer is Portugal. Then, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you so much. Uh, the new single sounds great, but everything you do, you do sounds great. You've you're such an intelligent young woman and so full of talent. Uh, Man, Tom and I are, are your biggest fans, and we're so happy for what you've succeeded in so far. And we know that the sky's the limit for you. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's always such a blast talking to you guys, making me laugh all the time, which is awesome. But thank you guys so much for um, giving me the love and support all the time. Anytime. There is Sea Magic. What a fantastic young woman and an incredible talent she is. Be sure to check out her latest single, Lego. Check out the video as well. Follow her on Instagram and any other social media. Not not MySpace though, because you know she she had no idea what I was talking about. Tom, I think she didn't she didn't get the joke at all. So anyway, big thank you to Sea Magic. Big thank you to Carl Dixon from Coney Hatch for his Desert Island disc. And we will do this all again next week as we bring you into the lives of your favorite musicians and introduce you to many of them that you may not know yet, but will. And Sea Magic is definitely one of them. For Tom Forth, I'm Barry Davis. Thank you so much for listening and making us a part of your week. That's all the time we have for today's show. Until next time, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. I'm Casey Kasem.